Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of You Press Play Sports. I'm your host and the new news editor for the University Press, Richard Pereira. Joining me today is recent FU graduate and former sports editor Bryce Totes and staff writer Kevin Garcia. Hey guys, how's it been going? I know it's been a while since we last recorded an episode for the Sports Pod, but hey, how's it been? Going well. Can't complain, man. I mean, congrats, Bryce, on graduating. Congrats to you, Richard, on being news editor. A lot of good things happening over here. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun since the last time we all got together. Um, nothing to complain about. Lots to just smile about and have fun with. Uh-huh, for sure. And to start off today, we'll talk about FEU baseball. Uh, uh, fr- since our last episode, they've been on an up-and-down trajectory, though they did finish the season on a high note by sweeping Marshall on the road in three games, outscoring them heavily on offense. And, like, especially in the last game of the series, winning 11-1 to with a great performance from Nicolas Del Prado as he won Conference USA's Pitcher of the Week. So, so with the regular season now over, FEU has qualified for the Conference USA tournament. And their first-round matchup will be against the University of Texas at San Antonio, a.k.a. UTSA, on Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. So, with FEU in the conference tournament, what are our expectations for them at this moment? With the way they've been playing all season long, long I expect that long ball to be in play again. Um, it's what they utilized to sweep Marshall this past weekend. It's what they're going to use again tomorrow. Uh, the pitching... You know, it, it's been up and down all season. I expect Hunter, to cool, Hunter Cooley to get the first start of the tournament. Um, I expect him to be lights out with what he can, but when it comes down to the bullpen, that's where they need to work the most as it's been all season. Absolutely. Yeah, we need Hunter Cooley to show up. You know, I mean, that goes without saying. Um, yeah, the long ball has to be there. It's been FAU's biggest weapon this season. I mean, it's, it's pretty clear, you know, the offense, if we don't get a home run, the offense can be kind of stagnant. But, I mean, I, I think against uh, UTSA, I think it should be a problem. Hmm. Yeah, when it comes to the offense, it, it really does rely on those homers. But they just need to keep hitting that ball, and the offense will continue flowing very freely. Um, against UTSA, they won two of the three matchups throughout the regular season. And should they beat UTS, beat or lose to UTSA, regardless of what happens, they will have a second game to either go further into the quarterfinals or to stay alive in the tournament against either Southern Miss and uh, UAB. And with uh, um, UAB being the tougher matchup, being losing two out of three, and Southern Miss, who is not a joke at all, uh, we only won one game on the road against them, so... Both matchups are quite tricky, but which team would be more preferable for FU to go against should in the next round after the UTSA game? I think I think Southern Miss. I would say would be would be the preference. A UAB. The yeah, we had the one game where we scored thirteen runs, but the offense struggled against UAB more so than I would say against Southern Miss. Yeah, you hit it right on. Uh, Kevin, it's definitely Southern Miss favorable matchup for FAU. UAB is one of the best in the conference. They have who could be the pitcher of the year yeah. of 
you know, I mean, they have one of the best pitchers. They have a pitcher that could potentially go on to play professionally uh, at the major league level. Southern Miss was just a really tough series for FAU. It caught them at a bad time in the mm-hmm. season. So I think uh, now that they've regrouped, they know what they need to work on and it's tournament time. Coach McCormack knows what he needs to do against that kind of a team. Yeah, when it comes to FAU, uh, regardless of what happens this season, they were quite respectable. They finished with an overall record of 34 and 21, uh, 19 and 11 record in conference play, ending with, a, of course, the, the sweep against Marshall. And with their offense being their, the best part of this team and with the pitching being at, at best inconsistent and at worst, uh, the very reason that they lose the games. So the pitching really has to come through, whether it be Hunter Cooley, uh, Jacob Josie, uh, Nicholas Del Prado, who did very good again in the last game against Marshall, and uh, uh, Tyler Burnham, who did pitch very well in the games that I watched uh, the team play. It's just a matter of who has to, who steps up to the plate and just gets those uh, strikeouts, just keep the opposing team quiet on offense. That's just really the main factor for FU to, uh, ha- to make a deep run in the conference tournament. And with that, that will conclude our section with FU Sports. And we're moving on to the NBA. Um, in our last episode, we did talk about first-round matchups. We did not get a chance to talk about second-round matchups at all, though we did uh, mention our predictions should they happen. But uh, a lot has happened since then. Uh, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and the Nets got swept by the Boston Celtics. <laughs> um, James Harden had a meltdown game six against Miami in the second round. The Celtics, again, they dethroned the Milwaukee Bucks in seven games. And we saw uh, Luka Doncic with the Dallas Mavericks just torch uh, the Phoenix Suns in game seven, and uh, aka the Luka special. And now we're in the conference finals, where Golden State has pretty much had a chill time in the postseason, uh, taking care of their respective opponents in Denver and Memphis in five and six games, respectively. And now they're up against Dallas. And they're leading 3-0. And as of the time of this recording on Tuesday, they are playing uh, later tonight. And they have a chance to sweep the Mavericks and advance to their first finals since 2019. So who do you th- what do you think will happen for game four between Golden State and Dallas? And will Golden State actually complete the sweep? I'd be surprised to see Dallas get swept in a conference final. Um, Just looking at how the season was, but with the way Golden State has played in this series, it's very well possible. They've been taking care of business all postseason long, and they've just dominated Luka and the Mavs. The Mavs don't have an answer. Um, We'll see. It's going to be an interesting game, but I'd like to see the Mavs win at least one game. And it, the, the fact that the Mavericks are struggling so much against the Warriors really, I think it says more about the Phoenix Suns than it does anything, anybody here. Because, I mean, like the Mavericks, I don't know how they beat the Suns. You, you could call it a fluke. You could say DeAndre Ayton is mad. You could say that Chris Paul is overrated. I don't know. I don't know what happened. But, yeah, just the fact that the Mavericks got here is like it's almost like a head scratcher at this point because they don't even look like they're on the same level as the Warriors. So, I mean, I, I think the, the Mavericks will win this one at home and then they'll get gentlemen swept in Golden State in Game 5. I think the Warriors will let, the, let them have this one so they can celebrate in San Francisco, uh, the, the series win. Yeah, I figured this series would go five or six games, but I wasn't expecting Golden State to be up 3-0 
at this point of the series. But yeah, Golden State has done very well, especially Seth Curry, who dropped a very good performance. Like, like dropped 30 plus points in game three. Um, but yeah, Golden State. Oh yeah, and of course, Andrew Wiggins pulling out uh, a monster slam dunk uh, past a Luka Doncic in game three. That one's a, that one's a highlight, guys. Uh, what did you think of that highlight by Wiggins and how well he's performed this postseason, despite his uh, free throw shooting woes? Yeah, that might be the highlight of his entire career when it's all said and done. Oh, man. I re- I replayed that highlight probably about six or seven times right after it happened just because it was amazing. I couldn't believe what just happened when I saw it live, and I'm really surprised at you know how good he's performed in the postseason. It's It's been really good for him. Like you said, though, the free throws is a struggle, but you can kind of look past that with the rest of the stuff he's been doing. Oh, yeah. And especially on defense, he's done well guarding Luka Doncic, even though Luka will still get his buckets. It's not really a matter of how many points Luka gets. It's how well Luka is defended by Wick. And Wiggins has done a very good job at that, like making Luka work for his points. So uh, as long as Golden State gets the job done, whether it be today in game four or uh, two days later on Thursday in game five, it's really only a matter of time until Golden State just says, we're back in the finals. Let's get it done. And moving on to the Eastern Conference Finals, we have the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics. It's been very back and forth, to say the least. Uh, game one being a blowout, even though Trump Boston tried to make it relatively close. Game two being an overwhelming blowout in favor of Boston. And game three... It was originally a blowout until Boston made it close and had some uh, tough moments, especially with Marcus Smart, even though he came back and and tried to inspire the team to make a run, which they did, but it didn't uh, succeed in actual win. And game four, Boston actually responded with a solid home victory, including keeping Miami at one point to start in like five, six minutes of the first quarter until Oladipo came in and said, all right, let's just, uh, stop missing shots and make some shots but even despite uh, Oladipo's efforts the starters from Miami only scored 18 points the whole game and because of that Boston has tied the series at two apiece and we have go back to Miami uh, for Wednesday for game five what do you think will happen at this point in the series between Miami and Boston um, I think it's going to go seven I think that goes without being said uh, I do think Boston is going to win I think Boston just has slightly more firepower on offense than Miami does. Um, the 18 points that the starters scored in game four, that's a record low in the history of NBA playoffs for a starting five. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, that, I mean that, and that also, to be fair to Miami, their best scorer comes off the bench in Tyler Hero. But still, I mean, it's he's not playing game five, so I don't really see a realistic path to where Miami can win that game without their best scorer. I, I just don't see it. Mm. This has uh this has been a roller coaster of a series. Um, it should go seven games. Uh, part of the reason it's been a roller coaster and we've seen a lot of blowouts though is both teams have been facing injuries throughout this series. Uh, notably Jimmy Butler for the Heat and notably Marcus Smart for Boston, two of your best players on each side. So uh, I think those are going to be keys. If both of those players can stay healthy and lead their teams. I think uh, that team might prevail, whoever has the healthier team. Um, right now, it looks like Boston is going to be healthier throughout the remainder of the series. 
So I would give it to them, but I, I don't think the Heat will lose two straight. Um, I think it will definitely go seven games. Well, when it comes down to it, uh, heading into game four, I was thinking either Boston repeats their disaster in 2020 when they went down 3-1 uh, in the bubble. So I was thinking if they lose this game, then we might see a repeat of 2020. Oh, they might see a repeat of 2020, actually. But yeah. And but if they tie the series, then they're they are still in that they still had that chance of making the finals. They still had that big that chance being big. And now that they did, they really have a lot of momentum going into Miami and has the has a chance to really pull off an upset on the road, as they had done this postseason. They pulled out great road victories in Brooklyn. They done it in Milwaukee, especially in Milwaukee. So Boston has shown that they can definitely win games on the road. It's just a matter of if they play well enough on offense and defense, taking care of the ball, especially taking care of the ball. That's the major issue that they got to deal with throughout this series. So as long as Boston can take care of the ball, they can really finish this series off in six, which is my, which is my prediction for the conference finals. Uh, Boston winning in six and finally returning to the finals in 12 years, which would be a great accomplishment for a young squad with a young duo like Jason Tatum and Jake Brown. It's just a matter of can they get it done on the road and finish the Miami off in six. So we'll see what happens from there. And I'm really hoping that it's a Warriors and Celtics series. As a Celtics fan myself, I really like to see that. It's very marketable. I think a lot of fun can be had with that series. I know you're disagreeing, Bryce, because you're a Miami fan. Celtics and Warriors sounds pretty fun. I think either way, it's going to be a fun series, no matter who wins the Eastern Conference. Um, I think it's going to be a fun competition for Golden State either way. I think uh, whoever prevails from the East, though, has a really good shot at beating Golden State. How about you, Kevin? Well, you know, I think uh, I think whoever wins will have – I don't know. I think they're, they're just going to lose the Warriors. I don't, I don't think it matters who goes out the East. I think the Warriors are the overwhelming favorite to win the, to win the finals. Um, I think Boston does present a better, sorry, Bryce, but I do think Boston's a better opponent for Golden State. I, I think if Marcus Smart is healthy, I mean, he's the right guy to guard Steph or Jordan Poole or whoever's hot, Clay Thompson, um, you know, Jalen Brown, like they just have more versatility on defense that they can throw at Golden State. I don't think, you know, the, the, the group, the trio of, um, Vincent, uh, what's his name? The other, uh, Struess and Tyler Hero. I don't think that's a great defensive trio to throw at you know, the, the, the lineup of death that Golden State has. No, uh, Struess and Tyler, um, they're, they're not known for their defense. They're known for their <laughs> offense. I don't know if they could stand up to the defense of Golden State either, though. I would like to think they can, but it would be tough for them. Well, it's just really a best of luck to whoever pulls off uh, the series in the Eastern Conference Finals between Miami and Boston. But we'll see how it goes from there. And... Moving on from the NBA, we head on to the National Hockey League, a.k.a. the NHL. Um, we're currently in the semifinals. Um, one of the series has concluded, and that does mean that the best team in the Eastern Conference, well, the best team in the regular season of the Eastern Conference, the Florida Panthers. So oh, man. Second round sweep two. Of course, the ever so winning, ever so tough Tampa Bay Lightning, who has been in winning mode mentality who has had the winning mode mentality for quite a couple of years now 
So Bryce, I, I know it's tough that Florida got swept. Uh, what are your thoughts on how Florida performed in the in throughout the regular season and the postseason? So oh, yeah, you, I, I don't mean to laugh. Sorry. Regular season, you know, Florida, they were the best team. They got the President's Trophy, and as most President's Trophy winning teams do, they lost in the playoffs and they suffered a terrible loss in one of the rounds. Um, positively for the Panthers, they won their first series in 26 years. But then they had to slay the giant that they can't ever beat in Tampa Bay. Um, Tampa Bay, when it comes to the playoffs, they're just a different team. Um, they swept the Panthers in amazing fashion. Um, it's hard for me to say that as a Panthers fan, but it was an amazing way they did it. Um, Tampa is just a beast. There's a reason they won the cup back-to-back. Uh, when you have a goalie like Andre Vasilevsky, he looks like a brick wall. Um, game four of round two, Tampa did this, did something that nobody did all year, and they shut out Florida. The last team to shut out Florida was Tampa in the playoffs last season, so it was pretty impressive for them. Um, overall, the playoffs have been really exciting, though, uh, including this round aside from the Battle of the Sunshine State, where most people thought it was going to go at least six or seven. Yeah, the the memes were just hilarious. Like the, all the Panthers fans' memes. I know, I know you've seen them, Bryce, but I, like that's why I was laughing because I've just seen so like 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 people, NHL Twitter is ruthless, man. Like the there people are taking pride in seeing the Panthers lose. It's really it's unlike anything I've ever seen. I think on sports Twitter, it, it'd be like if the Cowboys lost in like the Super Bowl or something. It, like that's the only way I could equate it. Just I don't know why people hate the Panthers so much. You know, I don't know if it's that people hate the Panthers. I mean, there are people that definitely hate the Panthers, but I know a lot of people in hockey, when the President's Trophy team gets embarrassed like that, you were considered the best team in the regular season based on how you played, and you just get embarrassed. That's something a lot of Twitter users are going to go after, no matter who the team is. It felt a little extra for the for the Panthers. I don't know. It just felt like there was a little extra zing to it, you know. Like I don't think I don't think the reaction would have been this strong if it was like the Avalanche, for example, or some or, you know a team like that. But yeah, nevertheless, uh, Rangers Hurricanes play tonight. Can't wait for that one. Need a big win in the Garden tonight. I am I'm loving the battle of Alberta right now. Lots of goals, not much defense. Um, Calgary and Edmonton just know how to score goals on each other. I mean, their first game, they had 15 combined goals, so that's fun to watch. Uh, as a fan, as a coach, you're hating that. Um, it, it's really exciting to see. And then Colorado, I mean, another commanding win last night. They're cruising through the playoffs. Uh, we'll see who they face in the final of the West, um, whether it be Edmonton or Calgary, I don't know if either of them can beat them. Calgary and New York, um, they'll have a tough competition against the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions, whoever takes that one. Uh, that team knows how to win. It's fun to watch, though. Not Calgary, uh, Carolina. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Carolina currently leads 2-1 against the Rangers. Um, so yeah, the Rangers definitely need to equalize. Heartbreaking loss in game one, might I add, too. Very couldn't believe it. We had the one the one zero lead until like I think it was two minutes and twelve seconds left in the third period. And yeah, of course, you know, typical Rangers fashion. Igor, I mean, he needs some help on offense, man. You're paying all these guys like Panarin and Kreider. All these guys are getting paid loads, tons of money, bro. You got to put the the puck in the net. 
I will say, though, um, that was not as much of a stunner as the Panthers loss in game two against Tampa this series when Tampa behind scored the back. a goal with less than four seconds to go in the game. Yeah, that was the behind-the-back assist, right? Yep. That, yeah, that was incredible. One of the best plays you'll see in, in all of sports. And that game only had like uh, one or two seconds remaining. It was 3.8 seconds mm-hmm. remaining when Tampa scored the game-winning goal and stunned Florida fans in, in Sunrise. Tragic. Tragic. <laughs> Yeah, that was the end of the series right there, that that walk-off. That was it. It was over. As soon as I saw that and I knew the series would ha- was headed back to Tampa with Tampa up 2-0, I knew it was over. I didn't know it was going to be a sweep at that point, but I knew that Florida didn't have a chance. And then we see Edmonton up 2-1 against Calgary. And, of course, as, uh, as Bryce mentioned, uh, Colorado being up 3-1. So as you look at the, uh, the playoff picture at the moment, uh, Who's with Florida, with Florida, with the Florida Panthers out out the picture for title contention? Uh, who is your favorite to win the Stanley Cup at this point? My favorite, even with when Florida was in contention, was still Colorado. Um, Colorado is a great team. Uh, there's no stopping that machine unless Tampa finds another way to do something that no team has done since the '80s when. The Islanders won it four times in a row, and Tampa tries to get their third in a row. Um, they do have what feels like a magic charm in a player that has won the Cup three straight times, one with St. Louis in 2019, and then the last two with Tampa. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I, I think Colorado is also the favorite as well. I mean, they, they just look like the most complete team on the ice. They, they're like their combination of speed and strength and – just IQ, it's really it's, it's it's tough to match up with them. I, I think they'll come out the West, no problem. I think they'll be able to beat Calgary or Edmonton either way it goes. Um, I do think Carolina poses a good threat, assuming that they beat the Rangers. Uh, Carolina could make some noise against Tampa. It wouldn't surprise me if they were able to win. I mean, they're just they're so fast, too, and so good defensively. Scoring would be an issue for them, though. If they could figure out a way to, to keep up uh, from a scoring perspective with Tampa, they could make some noise. That's the difficult thing with Tampa, though. Anybody's going to have a hard time scoring against Andre Vasilevsky. It's like he's a different person in the playoffs. Um, he plays lights out. He had 49 saves last night uh, in the Game 4 victory when Florida threw everything they could at him. And even in the series before that, uh, Tampa just n- knows how to play the defense. They know how to bottle up the neutral zone. And then anything that does get to Andre Vasilevsky, he knows how to save. Yeah, he t- he turns into like prime Jordan after a loss too. Just he, you know, if you're able to beat Tampa, he's gonna come back and shut you out the next game. So it doesn't even matter. He held the top scoring offense in the regular season to just three goals in four games. It's incredible. Yeah, I mean they they get a three peat. They I mean, they could three peat. You know, I don't want to say they're going to, but they could three peat. Uh, as a as a hockey fan, how do you feel? How would you feel about a, a team like Tampa Bay winning three in a row? Well, just like a- just a market like that. As a Panthers fan, I would hate it. But mm-hmm. just as a hockey fan in general, I would yeah. love seeing it. They deserve it. They are an amazing team. They they work hard. They've kept their core guys throughout. They've battled tough. I mean, some may say that it was a little easier over the past two seasons because they weren't really full seasons. They should have an asterisk around them. But you still have to work hard for those championships. It was still difficult, and you still have a great goalie backing you up. So I would think as a hockey fan in general – you should just be happy for him. And it brings, you know, the first championship brought a huge market down to South Florida in Tampa Bay. And then the back-to-back championships brought even more. I mean, now you see 
even game four in the second round, people sitting outside the arena just watching the game. Imagine what it's going to be like if they win another Stanley Cup for them. And then you have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, too, who won the Super Bowl not that long ago. That city is just becoming very good, and Tampa Bay Rays are becoming very good. So it's becoming a good sports market. Yeah, yeah it's pretty incredible to watch. Yeah, it really has. <clears throat> and with that, that'll be it for this episode of You Press Play Sports. Make sure to hit like and subscribe. Click the bell to keep up with notifications from us. Also, be sure to go on upressonline.com to keep up with news, sports, and more content alike. To follow us on Twitter, it's for me, at Risk26Pereira, for Bryce, at Bryce Totes, and for Kevin, at KevinGar658. Thanks for watching, everybody, and have a great day.